the recovery revolution will be podcast on the since right now addiction recovery network Welcome to the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast, the podcast of clean and sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R, and SinceRightNow.com, with your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. Yeah, 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 totally fine. No, that's how it is. People to get confused, like on a different show with Matt, Jeff, or Chris, or Chris, right, Jeff, Chris, and Matt. Jeff, Chris, Matt, and Jeff. Alcoholics don't like change. No, no, no. And that's why it's Jeff, Matt, and Chris still, and always will be. That's that's the order that will always be announced. It's my contract. Um, that in in, his, in Jeff's writer. Yep. Um, but no, I had I re- had it re-recorded with the woman who does all the other stuff. Yep. The English woman. She's yep. like our she's our official voice. The, the guy is nice. I liked him. He did a good job. Yeah. As our uh, MC, but uh, I feel like she carries it, and she is sort of like the muse. Yeah, the brand. The brand. She's the muse. Yeah, yeah she, she, uh, yeah, she's us. Okay. Um, so uh, here we are. Matt's out. He's got a viral something. <laughs> he's, he's sick. He's sick. Um, I just made the up about the viral thing, but I have no idea what he has. But he's not here. He must be pretty sick, though. Um. Yeah, to cancel. Yeah, I'm I'm drinking out of my new zero percent ABV mug that we have. These are amazing. Really nice job. Yeah, and if you uh, don't have one yet, which I think none of you do, um, go get one at on our own dot supply. They're well worth it. Yeah, because you know you want to identify your coffee or tea or yeah. water, or whatever you put in a mug. As zero that's, ABV, that's right. so you don't get some normie picking it up expecting to get fucked up. That's right. Like, you're, like, like you used some, like, to be yeah. mixing alcohol with your coffee, as we all did, just so we could get a little on at work. Because normies hate that when they pick I up know. a cup of coffee and they don't get fucked up. <laughs> um, so, um, anyway, on our own dot supply, I'd appreciate yeah. if you check that out. What else I'd appreciate you check out, all of us would appreciate it if you yeah. checked it out, especially the other podcasters, are all the podcasts on the SinceRightNow.network. Um, there are great new shows coming back. Uh, Real Sobriety with Robert McClellan's is still putting out his five-minute quick takes, hot takes on different uh recovery subjects and they're great and you absolutely have time to listen to one or a handful uh at a time of those and uh glean a little bit of value um and then uh slosh cinema's back he launched with a uh, a fan request for uh the last weekend it's a terrific new episode and he'll have new episodes coming out i've never seen the last weekend Neither have I. I and now that I've listened to the episode, I, I'm like, I got to see this. I know. How can you not? Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and uh, uh, Drop the Needle. Um, Paul Furr's terrific, uh, all songs considered for the recovery community. If you like music, you like recovery, you like talking about music, and you like talking about recovery, that's the podcast for you. So please check that out. Cool. And far from finished from our friends at uh, American Addiction Centers, um, 
is just uh, it's just a great podcast with personal stories um, from people that don't even necessarily go to the American Addiction Centers. And you know, after having talked to um, the guys there about it, I, I found it was a great addition to uh, the network. So check that out. And other than that, what do we got? We got, we got any? You got well, news? Let's see. I was no. I was. Um, I listened to uh, the Steve Jones interview from the Sex Pistols on Mark Barron today. And uh, it's a lot of using dope and getting sober from using dope. A lot of crazy rock and roll lifestyle. Um, so I feel like I did that. And then I watched our guests' films today, which were amazing. So I've had a day of kind of heroin, listening to heroin and recovery. So I'm Addiction and recovery, Addiction media recovery. consumption. Yep, media consumption today. That's what I've been doing. Sometimes you just go down these rabbit holes with stuff. And so that's what I feel like I did today. So I'm excited to talk to these guys tonight because it's a really good story. Okay, well then let's do that. All let's right. Let's talk to these guys. Um, I'm going to shout out to Carl D, because Carl D said, hey, uh, he's our, one of our listeners right now. And uh, thanks for listening, Carl. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tag in Ryan, and I think we may have to call uh, Garrett back. Okay. Hey, Ryan. Hey, guys. Hey, this is, it's uh do we have to call Garrett back? No, I'm yeah. I'm here. You're here. I'm here. Oh, Fantastic. Oh, great. Then uh let hey. me welcome uh, Ryan Hampton and Garrett Hayde to Since Right Now. I'm sitting here with Jeff. Hello boys. And if you were listening, hey, you heard that Matt's not gonna be able to join us. He's down with a virus. Um and uh yeah, for those that aren't familiar, I'll I'll give a, a brief intro and then you guys can fill us in on the the details of this your 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 relationship and recovery um and that this trip you took um and these this doc it's a documentary that you filmed so yeah ryan and garrett uh bros in recovery we like to call it brobriety around here that's what it is uh, <laughs> and uh they uh they together traveled across country yes yep, yep. on a road yep. trip documenting and and sort of uh championing um the recovery efforts and 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 speaking you know do do we speak out against the epidemic or do we speak out for um you tell me what, yeah we speak out i mean it's ryan i mean we we speak out for access to recovery we speak out for recovery um and by speaking out for recovery i mean we're yeah i mean we're ostensibly speaking out right. against the epidemic right. um you know the epidemic's happening but right. we have to you know it, it the, the solution to addiction is recovery so we're going to advocate for recovery fantastic that's those are the words i was looking for you have better words than i do um, <laughs> i have the best the, as donald have, trump would say the best have, words. You that's right. amazing. The, best words. <laughs> the best words um so uh yeah, uh, Jeff was just saying before we came on air, he he just finished watching yeah, today the, whole the, se- the series. series. It was absolutely terrific. So yeah, my first question, and we'll get into the whole thing in your stories and all the episodes, but I love the music. We were just talking about that. Who did the music? Uh, it was like so kind of the music, kind of, I don't know. Yeah, the, the music happened. It's another crazy uh, coincidence, if you want to call it that, but the music happened to be a neighbor who ended up being Ryan's sponsor at a point, but at the time when we all first met, I was living in an apartment beneath them, and one of them became my sponsor, and one of them became Ryan's sponsor, you know, months wow. down the road. 
and we'll give him we'll give him a shout out. Uh, yeah, his name's Thomas Hunter, and yeah. <laughs> he, if you've ever heard "How You Like Me Now," uh, he's part of the Heavy. So uh, wow. when he offered to do the acoustic music, we were like, really? "Right on, please!" Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he basically created the soundtrack for our life. That's so, crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and music is such a huge, important part of using and partying and that, and it's so powerful, and it's such a powerful song for this piece you know it really really sets a tone so anyway good for him shout out to him and That's, hold on awesome. though i'm not i don't want to get off music quite yet because yeah. here's why i'm in in the pre-call i meant to do it but i'm gonna do it on air to put you guys on spot we do a thing called uh the recovery mix where it's 12 songs that represent um your addiction your recovery and, and you do sort oh, of like no. <laughs> well here's the thing you guys were on a car on a road trip together you must have had a mix so yeah. <laughs> I want to ask you guys to do a recovery mix together of twelve Ooh. songs that you guys put together together. No, no time frame. Just when when you can. Don't. Even oh, I can to... do that. Okay, Garrett, yeah. you you take yeah. that one, Garrett. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there yeah, you go. Done. Yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Well, okay. So there awesome. will there will be a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm That's sure. Great. That's good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Who hasn't been under the bridge downtown? Yeah, yeah but there'll be a little yeah. bit. Of, there'll be a there'll be a. Little oh, bit I'm sorry, like, Ryan. A little yeah, bit of Frank a, Sinatra. Yeah, Ryan, I mean, and there'll know. be there'll be like some elevator music in there for Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it That's keeps me calm. Yeah, <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. the 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 spectrum of uh, of who we are, right? <laughs> That's fine. Um, because you guys most you guys must have fought over what you were listening to on a road trip. Yeah, well, it it I mean it wasn't really it was basically whoever was driving got the uh, controlled the stereo, and you've got to remember the stereo was in a thirty five foot RV, so everybody had to listen to it. I mean, it kind of blasted (laughs) through the whole thing, and um, yeah, I mean, it was like if you were driving, you got to you know pick the music and. You know, they dealt with my stuff, and he dealt, and I dealt with with his stuff. I mean, it was yeah. fine. Our tastes are very different, though, in terms of music. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I think you you know you opened the pieces with four friends of yours, both of yours died mm-hmm. in in a very short time of yep. heroin. And yeah, y- you both yeah. were on heroin at the time that this happened. Correct. No, we were no. Um, we were we were in recovery. Um, these were people that we uh, got, you know, entered recovery with, or went to. I went to treatment with, or I mean, lived at our sober living at the time. But we weren't. We were. I mean, we were in active recovery when these people died. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, how did the idea of a road trip and you know, how did you pick where to go? What what did you think that this whole oh, thing man. would accomplish? I guess. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I. I mean, literally, it started with Ryan. We were. I mean, if anyone's ever been in sober living before, we were on a deck smoking cigarettes, mm-hmm. and um, Ryan's like, "I think I'm gonna run for delegate," and me not really knowing what um that meant. He said, I'm going to only talk about, you know, the heroin epidemic and recovery. And I was like, yes, let's do it. And uh, you're in in a sober living thing, smoking cigarettes on a deck, and you're going to be a Democrat, a delegate to the Democratic National Convention. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant idea. That was the idea. idea. And and then he's like, but we need we need to get people to vote. And I was like, well, how do we do that? He's like, well, we're going to throw breakfast and we, we need pancakes. And uh, so we set a pancake breakfast dinner on voting day, and 
I think it was probably 75 to 100 people that came out to support Ryan. Nice. And, uh, That's genius. You know, he, I'll let, yeah, and I'll let him finish how the, the winning part uh, came. I mean, I Garrett, he loves his it was, story. It was like, uh, That's our Are you guys dog. getting ready to spray paint something? <laughs> no, that was, that was our dog. Um, oh. The dog. So, uh, no, I mean, you know, the idea kind of was born, like Garrett said, on the deck. And, you know, it was in the midst of the primary. And, and you know, a lot of our friends were starting to die. And there was, like, all this attention around the election. And I'm like, well, maybe we could bring attention around what's going on here locally um, with heroin and with addiction and, you know, try and get some people's, uh, you know, change their hearts and minds. It didn't really go into it. Uh, with the intention of winning, but more just to make a statement. Yeah. Um, and what ended up happening, though, was was quite phenomenal. And I think it uh, is a testament to, like, the power of recovery and the power of people's voices. Um, you know, like I said, it was 75, but roughly 75 young people, mostly median age, probably like 22, 23. I'd say about 80 percent of them weren't even registered to vote. Um, they registered around this issue. Wow. We went to the caucus um, that that pancake breakfast morning, um, and there were probably five or six hundred people there outside of our group yeah. um, who were very politically astute and mm-hmm. like they, you know, they were there supporting their candidates, and there were people campaigning and. 70 people on the ballot and um they all had buttons they all had buttons (laughs) and they had it was crazy if you've never been to a caucus like a local party caucus uh you've you you haven't lived um you got to go check this out this is specifically to to pick a delegate to go to the convention that's what this caucus is for right yeah and it was yeah it was delegate and i mean it was a real official i didn't think it was going to be so serious but i mean it really was and we got there and, you know, everybody's there's judges and city council people and, you know, all these like, you know, big wigs and mm. they're campaigning and had all this stuff and everybody knew them. And I mean, I didn't know anybody. And yeah, certainly the people I was with didn't know anybody. And we were just like, well, you know, we don't have flyers. We don't have buttons. Uh, we don't have candy to hand out to right. their kids. And, you know, but what we can do is go around and tell everybody our story. Wow. Um, and we could tell them why we're doing this. And, you know, let's let's. I'll start at the beginning of the line. I'll work my way to the end. And for two hours, I literally stopped every single person before the doors opened. And I talked to them and my friends fanned out and talked to people. And um, my experience from it um, really, you know, it, it motivated me to keep doing it on a, on a larger scale, which is kind of where the road trip comes in. But what we found and what I found personally um, was the statistics, you know, that you hear um, about people affected and afflicted. And, you know, it's one out of every three mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. you know, are personally affected by this. And, um, you know, the, the 22, the, the 21 to 22, 22 million that are currently struggling the 23 million in long-term recovery. And, you know, you put that together in, on a population level and you're like, that's a lot of people. Um, it's absolutely true. We measured it in a, in that small group. Um, it was every, Almost every single person, if not every single person, every other person uh, had a story. And it was, uh, you know, maybe it wasn't them, but it was, uh, you know, my brothers in rehab. uh, Rehab, I I grew up in an alcoholic household. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one woman was, I lost my granddaughter in Texas about three months ago to a heroin overdose. Um, Everybody got it. And uh, I, you know, didn't, I was inspired, but didn't think much of it until they started counting the ballots. And 
I was like, you know, they count them out loud and it's yeah. this big public setting. And I was <laughs> like, my God, you know, I, uh, why aren't people talking about this more? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, you know, why aren't, you know, why isn't everybody screaming from the hilltops? Because what, what we saw that day was that, um, the American public, uh, the voting public, the non-voting public, whatever it may be, um, they're dying to have a conversation. I mean, literally mm-hmm. dying to have a conversation about this. Um, but not enough people are talking about are willing it. willing to start, yeah. Are willing to start the conversation. And, wow. and that goes back to like the shame and the stigma and the mm-hmm. hiding and the shadows and, and all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that after that day and we won and 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 so you win you this know, is like some kid from yeah. the sober living thing coming in yeah. against wow. real yeah. democratic people who had been mm-hmm. around and shaking hands throws yeah. a pancake yeah. breakfast has one issue and walks out of there with the, the deli. Deli. <laughs> right? yeah yeah that's yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome it. not just but but i mean not just the delegate i mean what was crazy was and that's kind of how i mean and garrett can can you know talk about this too but it was it wasn't like just getting elected delegate. It was getting elected delegate. And like the day after, you know, the campaign, I mean, I was a delegate for Hillary Clinton, the campaign chairman and the campaign manager mm. for Hillary Clinton reaching out to me and being like, we need you to talk about this more. It was mm. our congresswoman, you know, calling mm. me and saying, hey, I need you to start showing up at events and talking about this, you know, because we, you know, we want to come to a solution. And it was public policy leaders, you know, it was uh, yeah. our governor and Kamala Harris, who was running for the Senate, and they were getting in touch and they were saying, hey, um, you know, public policy leaders have been talking about this for a long time and uh, we haven't been able to do very well. And they were, they admitted that. They're like, maybe what we need are people who have gone through this with lived experience to help us. Yeah. Um, and that's mm. kind of when Addiction X America you know, was born and, and Gary can tell you about the next uh, smoking oh, on the man. deck at like two in the morning and came up with another brilliant idea. Yeah. And oh, you guys had more than one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, the next brilliant idea because we we're like, okay, we're going to the convention yeah. and we'll talk about this. Right, um, right. And, uh, you know, so we're going to book our tickets for two to the convention and, and you know, Ryan's going to go out up front and, and keep talking and screaming. And, and um, but then, you know, it was like, well, why don't we drive across the country? And, and, you know, being that we had the help from facing addiction, they, they were able to link us up with all these people. And I was like, okay, we'll drive across the country. And then another next great idea was this RV, hmm. um, which I was completely against, but we'll, and you know, <laughs> did it, you have it the RV fan- or did no? Or you're like, oh, someone just said, let's get an RV. And let's like, get it. Some that was it. Let's get an RV. Okay. And I was, and I'm just like, uh, do you guys? Does anybody know how to drive an RV? And um, <laughs> you know, so no, nobody knew how to drive an RV. We sure, but, we uh, sure as hell figured it out though. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, you know, fast forward seven thousand miles at thirty five miles an hour. Um, wow. You know, it took a long time, <laughs> but um, you know, and then it's like, but. No, no, not the fast, especially when you're driving up the Rockies, yeah. um, you know, uphill in the rain. Totally. And, uh, but no, it was, you know, like, how can we amplify what we just did? And it yeah. was, you know, to, to stop in other areas that have been affected because, you know, we're from, you know, uh, originally we're from Florida, but, you know, out here in California, but let's hit, let's hit these other communities because, um, you know, uh, rural America is being right. hit really hard. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, our original plan was this, we had this big mapped out with like 17 trip, you know, 17 different stops. And that was just completely unrealistic in the amount of time that we, we, um, were set out to do it in. Um, so we had to like start picking from these stories and where we'd stop. And we made it a point that, uh, we'd stop in Houston where one of our closest friends who, who entered recovery with us right around the same time who had just recently passed, which is, Mm -hmm. which was kind of like the, the uh you know the the final straw for us when when all this started it was you know when greg died and um you know it was just we were just going to get in an rv and and you know the great thing about being in recovery is you have so many people that are are willing to help you Mm. so you know we had we had uh you know sponsors and 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 people that are in the film industry and they were like yes we'll donate you know camera we'll cut our services we'll we'll will fly in an editor from Australia and he'll travel the country with you and do all the editing on the road. So nice. all these people just started throwing things at wow. us to get, and we were like, Oh, I, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. Um, so there's goes our great ideas are, are going yeah. to happen. Who shot it and who edited <laughs> yeah. it? Cause it, it looks beautiful. <clears throat> and production it, values are, yeah. Yeah. The, so what comes out of this is like six or seven, I don't know how many films, but a, a true docu-series on this yeah. trip. And did, and yeah. So neither of you guys shot it. Somebody else did, or did someone have to learn how to do all that? We had, uh, I mean, we actually, so it was Garrett and I, uh, and then we had a cinematographer, a nice. director and an editor. So we had, we had, it was five of us total, three of which were the production team. And, um, part of the reason for having the RV was we needed, you know, yeah, power and sure. all this stuff so totally. we could edit from the road. Cause we really wanted to drop as real time as possible. That's cool. Um, leading up to the convention to really make an impact and, um, tell this story, um, of recovery, but, but also of, of really what needs to be, you know, addressed in the election and beyond and what needs to change. Um, and they were close friends. I mean, like the, the director was, you know, one of our, our really close friends and mm-hmm. the, the cinematographer was his friend and, the editor from Australia was a guy in recovery that had worked with the two of them. And, you know, everybody pretty much did it at cost and we raised the money from our local community and, you know, went out and just got small checks and, you know, and just kind of strung this thing together. And I mean, it, it it also is like a testament to, um, cause I've seen other people really like kind of kick milestones in recovery, but it's, Mm. it's like a testament to like how entrepreneurial, uh, we as a community, Mm-hmm. can really be, yeah. um, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the impact that we can make, um, just with our, you know, our own personal story. Right. Um, you know, and I, I, I personally thought, you know, just being, you know, someone who had dealt with addiction and, sure. and, uh, had been in that lifestyle before, you know, I wanted immediate results. And I was like, you know, uh, I thought everybody should be covering it and everybody should be talking about these stories and, you know, we should be, you know, at, at, you know, screaming at the top of our lungs at the DNC. But it was kind of like sobriety and kind of like recovery for us. I mean, it was slow and it right. came in, in waves. But, you know, it all happened when it happened for a purpose. And what we've seen now, gosh, we're what, uh, six, seven months later, um, the traction from that trip. Mm-hmm. has really started to show. And what it's started to show is uh, Garrett and I get hit up digitally, email, Facebook, phone calls, people we meet all the time. We're like, hey, I want to tell my story too. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? Yeah. And um, 
you know, and we, we, we provide that, we help provide that platform for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because in my opinion, if, you know, we had, you know, you could just, you could get the, the sector down to just millennials at this point, millennials in recovery, right? I mean, right. Yeah. we, we have, you know, the, the ones who are on Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff, like if those people get out and start telling their stories, I mean, I mean, we could literally like take over the country. I mean, there's so many of us, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, and we're, we have a, you know, imminent, you know, we're like one of the only constituencies too. I mean, there's a lot of people dealing with a lot of issues. You've got animal and heart and, you know, you've got all this stuff. We deal, you know, especially I think, you know, people who are dealing with heroin right now and the mm-hmm. opioid epidemic and of, it's a cross of all addictions. Um, but we deal with like imminent death. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. imminent death is, 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 is like right on our doorstep. Um, so it's something that hits home and personal to people in recovery and, and their families and, and, you know, uh, a lot of people. Absolutely. Good. Oh, so I, I'm curious, the politics of recovery then. So you kind of get out there and you're immersed in this world. You know, Chris and I went to the Washington March and it was all to pass this House resolution and try to get legislation to, you know, fund more treatment. Yep. Um, and I thought one of the most powerful points... Hello? Yeah, yeah one of the. Hello. Are you there? Uh oh. Hello. Did we cut off? Did they cut just, off? Hold on. Hold on. One second. Hold on. All right. So right about here, we lost. Uh, well, actually, we lost our internet connection because Charger Spectrum went down across the Midwest, um, the night before the night we were recording. So Garrett and Ryan were kind enough to um, come back. Today, which is Thursday, February 16th, um, this afternoon to pick up where we left off. So all we missed was Jeff's question, um, which he was about to ask, which when we came back, he couldn't quite remember the question he was about to ask. But um, I think you'll get a sense of it when Ryan picks up today and um, and uh, in, in the answer to where Jeff was kind of going. And that's where we pick up right after this. Or what the new politics of all this is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jared, I'll, I'll take that one. Um, yeah, go for it. Okay, so interest, a little bit of history. So United to Face Addiction was October of 2015. Um, Garrett and I, I mean, going back a little bit further into the history, um, I, while I was not involved with facing addiction. I was still in the closet, uh, for lack of a better term, with my recovery, uh, my addiction story, um, all this, you know, people, you know, one of our roommates that had lived at the house with us had just died um, for, I mean, he, it was a crazy story, but he overdosed and died. Um, and Unite to Face Addiction, uh, in October of 2015, I actually found facing addiction um, and found the courage to find my own voice uh, through that concert. I watched it live stream uh, on my phone. Oh, and great. it was that week. Yeah, and it was that week that I actually found Greg and a guy named Tom Coderre, uh, who's very involved in the movement, um, via Facebook. And kind of the rest is history. And what I found through that, you know, the, that those people that had walked this, before, walked this path before me, um, really inspired me to start, you know, telling our stories uh, publicly and not being ashamed of it. Um, the politics of addiction is an interesting thing. Uh, that really, I think, I think we saw, we have seen a tremendous amount of an enlightenment mm-hmm. um, just in the last year. 
right? And the Enlightenment came as a result of, and I, I like to call it like a watershed moment, a very historic moment, actually. And I think when the history is written about the recovery movement and the progress we've made, they'll be able to look at that October concert and say, this was this was a time that started happening um, because it kind of did. I mean, it was happening, you know, in church basements and it was happening, you know, behind closed doors all across this country. But, but for the first time, there was an organized movement to bring these issues to light and to inspire people to start telling their stories. So when that started happening, um, it, you got to remember, we were in the depth of a presidential primary season and the you know nation's first primary was in New Hampshire, uh, which is known per capita for at that time would had the highest overdose rate in the country. And all these presidential candidates had ascended to New Hampshire uh, to talk about taxes and immigration reform and defense spending and you know social services. And they had, you know, New Hampshire is very well known for these very small, intimate settings. New Hampshire voters are very spoiled because they all get to meet presidential candidates and have them in their backyards and their living rooms. And while these candidates, Republicans and Democrats alike, you know, ascended onto New Hampshire to talk about these issues that they had been so well prepped for, all New Hampshire wanted to talk about was overdose deaths. Wow. They wanted to know what was going on because it was their their kids who were dying. Yeah. So there's a great example. I mean, Hillary Clinton. Uh, you know, and this happened, I mean, at Jeb Bush, I mean, it, it is a cross party play. I mean, it crosses party lines. They all got these questions and had to come up with some sort of plan to discuss them. Yes. Yeah, so they had so, no you idea. You know, imagine they were going to get had no idea. No yeah. idea. Wow. They had no idea. I mean, there, there's a great story. I mean, Garrett and I spent some time in New Hampshire before the election um, about a week. And Donald Trump, you know, went to, to visit New Hampshire on one of his first uh, one of his first trips there. And the woman who was taking him around, we spent some time with her and she said, you know, she was with Trump and Trump was just like looking around and was baffled. It was like, I don't get it. Like, uh, New Hampshire is such a beautiful place and the people here are so mm -hmm. wonderful. And it's like such a community. How do you have this problem yeah. going on here? And she said, you know, come with me at that time, Mr. Trump, I'm going to show you something. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to some parents. So, I mean, it was really, I, I like to look at it as like, you know, that, that watershed moment with United Face Addiction, you know, the president started talking about it, but all, you know, the political real juice and muscle behind this issue, we have uh, New Hampshire parents who are voters uh, to really thank for, for catapulting this issue into the national spotlight. Um, because then when they started talking about it and then, you know, the, the media domino effect, media started covering it. And then we started realizing, oh, it's not just New Hampshire, it's Ohio and Wisconsin. Oh, wow. It's everywhere. Yeah. And like, you know, more and more people came from the groundswell to that felt comfortable telling their recovery stories, started telling mm -hmm. their experiences with getting treatment, started talking about, you know, how the healthcare system has failed them, how providers have not, you know, have not been paying for adequate care. Um, and we, we have found ourselves, you know, very much like the LGBT movement of the 80s and the early 90s around AIDS, which was, you know, I would, I'd like to say like the last major public health crisis that this country uh, experienced, although in my, my humble opinion, addiction uh, far surpasses that in terms of deaths 
that we're seeing each year and the rates are only going up, um, the mortality rate is only going up. It took brave people to come out of the closet and say, hey, I'm gay. It took family and they had to tell their family members and their employers. And when people started to relate that, hey, I know somebody who is gay, they're not a bad person. AIDS is a public health issue because and, and it started changing hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to addiction, right? Like people realize we all know somebody and we're not bad people. Right. And, yeah. and we're, we're your moms and dads and employers and, you know, delegates to the national conventions. I mean, we're your policymakers in some cases that really opened up the floodgates for a much needed, elevated, enlightened conversation um, on this issue. Yeah, I thought the and, and oh, go ahead. I was just going to add one thing, because on uh, on that, when the uh, event kicked off and uh, it was the Surgeon General who also you know, said he was going to release a study a year later. And I think that in the the outset of the recovery community uh, has helped in some way to change the minds of people when you have, you know, America's doctor saying it's not a moral failing. This is a disease. There is, you know, there is data and chemical like people's minds react differently when they, you know, ingest drugs or alcohol. And it's like there is proof. Science backs it up. So I think that also went a long way, um, you know, to help changing the, the, the way we look at this. The best, the- and, I, and I'd like to just plug to Garrett's <laughs> point real quick. Yeah. I mean, thank God for Dr. Murthy, our Surgeon right. General, right? Like, here's a guy who came out. I mean, his big thing is breaking stigma and shame, and he's so progressive on this issue. Yeah. I mean, here's a guy who said, you know, would you treat someone with heart disease or diabetes or cancer the way that we treat people who are seeking recovery, who are caught in the depths of addiction, sure. absolutely not. You know, and he gets it. So, I mean, we're lucky to, to have a progressive surgeon general like that. And it was fantastic having um, someone like Michael Botticelli, you know, who knew firsthand as, you know, drugs are, um, in conjunction with uh, Dr. Murthy at, at, at that time, I think. Um, the other, the, I got a couple questions for you. One, one is that keeps com- I keep wanting to ask as you guys talk. You're both such terrifically outspoken, well-spoken, on-message advocates. Um, what what did you do before? What do you do now other than this? Uh, I mean, you you Go want me? It. Yeah, each I of you. mean, yeah. I'm before this. Before, um, yeah. I mean, honestly, like my story before this was, you know, living, you know, what, you know, living in active uh, addiction. Um, I, 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 you know, I was, I was from a well, uh, a good family. I was educated. um, But right around 19, you know, I dropped out of school and I lost my father and I, and I hit the streets and, and, um, you know, I spent years on the streets and, and, living the way you do when you, when you, uh, suffer from this. And, uh, you know, Ryan has a a little more, so political, politically speaking, I have no experience Mm. other than meeting Ryan and, and, um, and him kind of teaching me the ropes of this. And he can kind of explain why he knows what he knows about the the political atmosphere. Mm. So I'll let you, so that my background is, is basically, you know, drugs and alcohol. Why don't you, why don't you tell him, (laughs) 
Why don't you No, he's not a junkie. He's a person in, in long term. <laughs> <Right. laughs> I, I told you we're irreverent. Apolitical. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Garrett, um, why don't why don't you tell I mean you tell it so much better than me. Why don't you tell him the story about how we met? <laughs> okay. So um I'm so what happened is, is that, you know, Ryan and I both uh, are from South Florida. About five years ago, we did not know each other. Um, and on, Ju- I think it was July 29th of 2012, so maybe four years ago. Uh, no, five years ago now, almost. Uh, we both, at the end of our ropes, no money, no health insurance, mm. uh, no family la- no family that would, you know, willing to take her calls anymore and they, they've just been through you know years of this yeah. uh showed up at a public detox and they happened to have two open beds that day and uh they we both went in wow. ryan had uh one garbage bag and one sock on and he was very he was very jealous of me because i had a and suitcase two. Yeah. Nice. And two socks. um and two socks yeah i had two socks and um and, you know, it, this was a public treatment center. Um, a lot of there's a lot of transition going on. And, um, you know, they started uh, putting people in there who, uh, you know, were you know charged with crimes and they were trying to figure out how to how to help people. And uh, the lady was like, uh, where do you you know, who, who do you want to room with? And I just pointed at Ryan hmm. and uh, I was like, give me that guy. And uh, she <laughs> oh, and. Sock. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take yeah, and then and then the rest is history. We spent you know thirty days in the same room. We went to the the same sober living, and and we started you know uh, working together. And we you know we served tables and and hmm. and you know uh, held part time jobs, and and you know we've fallen along the way. We've got back up. Um, but Ryan started teaching me based on his background how to you know get involved in the nonprofit world and become politically active. And, and, uh, you know, it, it started, uh, you know, my, 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 through my family's relationships and through Ryan's relationship, we kind of just collaborated on things and talked to people and networked and we got opportunities to, to come, uh, to California and work and open a business and, uh, you know, recovery, you know, kind of brought us together and, and it's kept us together. And so you have a business together now? Yeah. I'll let, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Ryan. You we do. Jump? I mean, we have like we have a yeah. I mean, we we have a business. But I mean, it's how we, you know, how we make money. But I mean, our sure. business is all involved in the the nonprofit world. I mean, okay. we we do some marketing and stuff. I mean, we do not. The one thing is, we don't make much money, which is good right. because we don't need it. We make just enough to yeah. like get by every month. Uh, but what we're doing is just so much more important than money. And mm. I mean, it's been while I'll be, you know really frank to say it's not like we both have our own individual recovery programs um and advocacy and and action and everything we're doing is is not a part of the recovery program it has been um an incredible compliment Mm -hmm. uh to what we're doing to kind of be able to to do this in all sectors of our our life um i sorry yeah go well i was just curious so when you talk about the your recovery programs are both your programs, either of your programs, rooted in XA? I actually um, prefer not, I mean, just out of, you know, respect for my own recovery program, yeah. I prefer not, not to, to answer that, yeah. 
I, I, yeah, no, that's interesting because well, we we struggle with that. I mean, I think we say what's going on over here. I'm going to share Jeff's. Yeah, well, Jeff, yeah. And and I don't know if you know our stories. I've I'm outside of any system program, um, and Jeff was been going to AA before he was even sober. Yeah, right. True, and true uh, and Matt, our third co-host who who can't make it, he's, he's ill still, um, has recently sort of in, in this. His his recent attempt yeah. is very successfully yeah. um, he's doing his thing participating in, in XA yeah. um, to some degree. So I guess what I'm curious about, what we struggled with um, to some degree, was even I, because the de facto sort of rules for being sober and in recovery almost seemed to come from the XA community, yeah. and. I have my only experience with it is what I get through Jeff for the most part. Um, And uh, so we struggled with, you know, is this doing this podcast thing? Is this violating violating, the second A of the A's? Right. Yes. And also, is it is it sort of stepping all over principles before personalities? Yeah. yeah. Because I would argue that you two now are are very much personalities, your recovery personalities. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a terrific thing. Um, I, guess. I will if, if I could take a stab at that real quick because this is an issue um, we've, that yeah, we've we, struggled yeah. with. I mean, we struggle, and we and we. I wouldn't say we struggle with it anymore because the the right. the line is the line is very clear um, mm-hmm. on anonymity, right? And mm-hmm. I think you know that anonymity as a tradition for whatever a mm-hmm. it may be, it's pretty much the same. Um, anonymity means I don't break, you know, someone else's anonymity. Mm-hmm. It also means that I don't break the anonymity of any A uh, fellowship or program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bill Wilson, uh, you know, who everybody is probably listening to this is, is aware of. Um, you know, Bill Wilson himself went to Congress and testified mm-hmm. uh, on behalf of the recovery community. There, There's actual Library of Congress footage of wow. that. Marty Mann... Marty Mann did the same. Is, is you know, the, the, Marty Mann is known for her advocacy in this space. Mm. I think that in the last 30, 40 years, the uh, as as the A's have evolved, right, uh, and the 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 intention, the original intent of anonymity has been muddied, right. um, and people, you know. Very much, I like to make the comparison, very much like the Bible. <laughs> you know, yeah. people interpret it the way they interpret it now, but the way that, you know, the way that it was written <laughs> and uh, what mm-hmm. the intentions were when, it were when it was written is not how people read it today. And I think the same thing goes with any A book. Um, I think that, that, you know, people have gotten involved and they have inserted their opinions but if you get really down to the basics, right, mm-hmm. um, and, and you stick to what the original intent of the anonymity tradition is, you certainly are not breaking it. I, in my my most educated opinion, mm-hmm. I believe that I'm not. And, you know, we come to certain periods in history, uh, such as we're at right now, where it's kind of a crossroads. Um, you know, and, and let's just be honest, if if anonymity was what some people say it is, um, it would be very hard to have any sort of recovery program at yeah, all. Nobody know who you know anybody I mean? in recovery nobody was. Would know <laughs> and it's funny though the people who you know it's funny the people who 
are consistently judging Garrett and I or judging, right. you know, because that's what I say, judging what you're doing on your podcast. Yeah. You know, I'm very careful not to break the tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, others are. But these are some of these same people will be out there uh, doing the exact opposite and saying, I'm breaking anonymity. I'm like, you, you got to like understand, really, you need to go to a workshop on that word. You know, you need to kind of understand what that means. Yeah. Um, great film out on it. I mean, Greg Williams, the anonymous people right. really sure. changed my life. Um, and I got to plug that because I mean, it, it, it is, uh, uh, very factual, the information he presents. Mm-hmm. And I would suggest anyone who is questioning, um, that tradition to, to take okay. a look at it. That's yeah. Cool. I think it was, I mean, it's a, it was a line in the, the sand a demarcation point for, I think contemporary recovery was that film. I mean, it just sort yeah. of shifted the landscape, right? Yeah. So you guys had r- very successful stays at very at treatment centers, and as you've been out and seen a lot of places, you mentioned in one of the films the treatment industry, I guess, has exploded, and we, you know, we right. struggle with that because a lot of it feels very super for profit, and you don't really know what you're getting. I just wonder what you if you guys found places that like this is these are the ones that worked or this was the method that was working or how you see that whole industry because it's obviously needed it's obviously something that we believe as as the way through this crisis is treatment you know it's not a war on drugs it's not we're going to blow up more whatever but it's also got a bad side to it right um, I would say you know. Look, if it weren't for, you know, treatment saved my life, right? Yeah. Treatment absolutely saved my life. Um, there are a lot of great treatment centers out there. Um, there's also a lot of shady operators. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it is very hard for me to sit here and, and, I mean, I could spend all day going through a list of like, hey, I think this place is good or I think, right. uh, you know, this place is shady. That's not really up to me. I would tell people, look. Facebook is not a good place to go to look for treatment resources. Okay. Um, you know, and, 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 and secondly, like Google AdWords, um, are also not a good place to go Mm -hmm. for treatment resources. So, you know, I spend more of my time and my effort on how do we fix the system, right? right? If Mm -hmm. I had, you know, stage four cancer, um, the last place I would be going to look for the best doctor uh, would be the highest paid ad on Google or, right. uh, you know, the, the ad, the place that looks nice on Facebook. I would go to a resource center or a hospital. I would go to a trusted source mm-hmm. and, um, you know, be able to get some sort of diagnostics and in, in early intervention and referrals from qualified medical professionals and people who are really uh, knowledgeable in this space. And that's what's missing, right? right? Mm-hmm. So that's the missing link. There is, you know, Facing Addiction rolled out a resource hub, uh, as a beta and it, and it, you know, we're testing it now, but I mean, that's, what's missing is that ultimate trusted source, yeah, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. In this space. That's and that's what we should focus our time on, um, and get that done. So, you know, everything else will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, I thought the yeah. guys, one of the powerful moments was the sheriffs in, was it in Virginia, I believe. And the, Chesterfield County. Was yeah. that what it was? And this was in one of the the films you guys did, but their method and just their what they had come to the conclusion. And these guys are cops. These guys are cops who see it every day. Mm-hmm. And you think you know most of the police 
would be on the side of let's eradicate the dealers and the you know go the war on drugs route. But this conclusion was we need to do treatment, and I thought those guys had something going on. Yeah, and it's you know I Ryan and I that I mean Ryan will tell you also, but that was like the most powerful stop. For the, on the trip for me, yeah. being that somebody, uh, you know, for I think it was a year or two of my life when it was just every other month I was rearrested, rearrested, yeah. rearrested, rearrested, um, you know, 30 days out, 60 days out. Hmm. And I mean, sometimes sitting in there like, I will never do that again. Right. And um, and then all of a sudden I'd be released and I'd do it again. Right. And, you know, it's like, and, and I didn't know why. And I was like, you know, like I, you know, every day telling myself, I'm not doing this again. That's so you know, I'm going to get a job. And, and then it's, you, you see, you talk to somebody who like finally like says like, it's not working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't, we can't, we can't lock this problem away. And, and, and then, the, and then the opioid epidemic, what happened is he'd released these guys and they're not coming back because they're dying. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not yeah. getting arrested right. again because they're overdosing and dying the day they get out. And um, it's just, you know, incredible to talk to somebody who is, you know, a conservative Republican sheriff yep. who just said, you know, business is not, you know, this is not a, we can't look at this as a, a business opportunity anymore. People are dying. And and he asked for help, just like we're taught to do. And I mean, I'll, I'll say you know, also, so I mean, Sheriff Leonard in, in Chesterfield did a Facebook live yesterday on my page, on my Facebook page. And, um, you know, here's a guy who has been in some, in the military or law enforcement his entire life. Yeah. Right. He was a Coast Guard guy, uh, was, he's a Republican elected sheriff from a rural red hmm. area of hmm. Virginia. And, uh, Garrett and I went to visit him at the jail over the summer and his, the, what he's been doing is very innovative and new, but you know, I sat down and said, Sheriff, you know, how did you, you need to, you know, be doing things differently. And he said, I'll tell you because in, on March 16th, um, we had 10 people in this, in this small town die of overdoses. Jeez. And, um, and I was arresting and rearresting these heroin addicts and these people with addiction problems. And they were coming in, I detox them, I get them sober, and I send them right back out with no tools, yeah. no resources, and they'd come back in if they were lucky enough. Mm. A lot of them would die. And and then he said, and it, and and you know, I started to get to an extent. I mean, it's it's really interesting time with them. Like I would go into the tank and talk to them yeah. and figure out what's going on, and I realized these are like really good people and like the women's jail you know they will tell you like he had this this um another watershed moment where he was like he met with these women and they're you know none of them had robbed banks or done any violent crimes i mean you know held people like you know sell now you're breaking up brian lift and yeah whoops can you hear me yeah can you hear me yeah yeah yeah. okay you know to support their addiction. And um, so he said, I got to do something different. And he didn't wait for policy. He didn't wait for county or state funding. He didn't wait for approval. He said, I'm going to dig into my own budget and, you know, $2,500 a month, which covers 40 inmates, right? I'm going to get them peer to peer authentic recovery support services. I'm going to bring in clinicians. I'm going to bring in psychiatrists. I'm going to, you know, we're going to get somebody in here to work on aftercare. We're going to keep the jail open 
as a uh, peer resource center. If, if people who are discharged from here need assistance, they can always come back in 24-7. We'll actually have one of our deputies go pick them up if they call 911 and say, hey, I'm about to use. Mm -hmm. The deputy will pick them up, wake everybody up in the pod, and bring them right back into that community, right? Mm, yeah. So here's a here's like a, and, and the results that they're seeing, yeah, are there setbacks? Of course, it's sure. addiction, you know? Yeah. But the, the results they're seeing are absolutely tremendous. And I'll just cite, you know, because I've been, Garrett and I have gotten really big on this criminal justice thing mm -hmm. yeah. since really meeting these guys and seeing what's happening there. Um, it costs, like I said, 2,500 bucks a month, uh, about $750 per year uh, per inmate, right? If you want to scale it out. Mm -hmm. um, if our uh, a, a academic journal last year published a study um, on crime and delinquency and, and, you know, with all these, you know, scholarly resources, it was published, didn't get much attention, but it showed that if our country spent money for just 40, if you just took 40% of people who were addicted to drugs or alcohol mm -hmm. that are currently serving time in a state or federal prison, and you gave them the type of resources, recovery support, so that they had you know, they, they, they had the tools they needed when they got out and it started while they were in jail that the U S economy would save in excess of $12.9 billion per year. That's crazy. Well, and it, wow, that, that not only restored my hope in humanity, just these guys, right. what I love when everybody and, and the politically, this, these guys you know, this just wasn't where they were going, and they just were like, "This is the truth." We are going to deal with the truth and not worry about anything else. And that's what I loved about that. Segment. Deal with it on a human level, yeah. not a political level. Totally, or, uh, yeah. these guys were really inspiring. Right. I guess. Um, yeah, I'm very much so. We lost Garrett again for uh, some reason. Did? If you guys oh, no. could loop him back in, yeah. <laughs> <I will. laughs> All right, we'll get him back. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Garrett, and then you know that I think the I mean, other. I'm, Go ahead. I was no, just going to say the community ahead. of it. The, it's this idea of community. And to me, no matter what A you're in and what place you are in recovery, you know, the, the powerful idea of peer-to-peer, -peer, it, it is what Bill Wilson found. It still works today. It's what this sheriff right. was using. And it's, right. it's having this community that you can come to and not feel alone, not feel isolated, and... Uh, uh, yeah. I think that's this message of you guys taking this model and, and advocating it and teaching other people how to do it is the way forward, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I, I mean, I'll say this, I, um, you know, I believe recovery is like, you know, Reese's pieces or Skittles. Like there's just so many different ways to, to do this thing. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. you've got all these different modalities out there and a lot of them are new, you know, and, um, and are being tested and some of them have good measurable outcomes, but the one constant, right? So whether it's medication or whether it's group therapy or whether it's individual therapy or faith-based or, uh, um, you know, refuge or smart recovery, whatever it is, like the one constant, um, unifier between all these different modalities is a sense of community. You yeah. can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. Period. Yeah. Period. That's great. So do you guys see something like that as as the future of where we need to craft legislation and spend money? I mean, this is really 
the way forward. And it's funny. I had just watched something on Netflix called Cartel Land or something, but it was all about just the crystal meth trade along the border. And you think in some ways old policy would be let's try to stop the the people who are making and, and dealing the drugs. And it just has never worked. But it, you can see how politics and policy and money would flow that way. And then on this simple level, it's like, no, the way to, to, the way to defeat this is treatment. It's just yeah. that simple, right? Right. I mean, it's treatment and recovery supports. Yeah. And, I mean, what I guess the frustrating thing for me and the frustrating thing for the recovery community, and I think we don't even need to be like, you know, segmented about this or fragmented. I think the frustrating thing for this country right now mm-hmm. is that um, while we have like evidence that America's old ways have not worked. In fact, they have compounded the problem. Right. Uh, they have led to mass incarceration. Mm-hmm. They have led to, you know, countless deaths, you know, the, you know, tearing families and communities apart. While we have the evidence of all that, we have, you know, two, three decades of evidence that yeah. this doesn't work. <laughs> we stand at like this point, this turning point mm-hmm. in 2017. Uh, where we risk going right back to where we came from. Yeah. And, you know, I, while I will tell you, I am, you know, I, I am, you know, for full disclosure, I am a Democrat. I did vote for Hillary Clinton. When, when Donald Trump was elected, one of my first things, one of the first things Garrett and I did was reach out to him, reach out to the administration, the new administration, reach out to the transition team and say, hey, you know, Mr. President-elect, your brother Fred died of alcoholism. You've seen this like firsthand, like we may disagree on everything, but this might be something that we can agree upon. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got a very warm response and, uh, you know, the willingness to, to listen to us. And, um, you know, hopefully that conversation continues on a much higher level with a, with a, with a group of people of advocates. And I think it will, but watching what's happening, uh, currently, you know, with the executive order and the political theater that mm-hmm. came down last week on dealing with drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, look, the, you know, dealing the, the supply side of the drug problem. Yes, it's important. Like we have like we've got to deal with that, too. It's not a silver bullet, though. Like you, you have to you yeah. have to respond to the demand side of this problem before you do anything. Yeah, totally. Well, it's barely a nerf bullet. I mean, <laughs> you know, what's proposed is sort of a re reignition and re- doubling down on the sort of failed on the failed war on drugs. Um, and this notion that a wall is going to solve any part of the the any you know any epidemic problem. I'm I'm off Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi's not working. Uh-oh. Who are we talking to? That's Garrett. He's on. Sorry, guys. That's yeah, all right. That's fine. Yeah, I, I couldn't dial you back in for some reason. Um, so you dialed yourself back in. Um, yeah. Which is perfect. Yeah, and I, I mean, I get it that 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 there's a place for diplomacy. I'm I'm not exactly known for mine, but uh, um, I appreciate that that you guys are are working that that side of things. Right. Um, so yeah. what what do you see if people out in communities? Is there something that we can do in our own towns, our own cities, um, just on a grassroots level. Sure. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Garrett. You go ahead and answer that. 
I, I mean, I, I mean, every, we all have elected officials. I mean, everybody should be talking to these people. Um, you should be having everybody who's affected, you know, stand up and not just the people that are, are directly suffering from this. But, you know, like my sister now stands up and talks about it. Ryan's mother's involved. Um, and it's going to take people outside of the recovery community to to join us to where we'll actually really see, you know, positive uh, movement. Um, just like it's taken with every other movement that's ever been started. Can I ask it, something? You know, on, on you that, look at all of them. It, on that yeah. note, what that makes me think, well, so here's the thing. When we talk about um, addiction and alcoholism, they're, they're, you know, it's an event diagram. They're related, but but clearly differentiated things. And you look at, you know, the number of deaths from alcohol, frankly, eclipse the number of deaths from heroin and opiates. Yet, right. Yet, it's never talked about. It's, I don't think it's ever been talked about that I can in my lifetime as an alcohol epidemic, um, right? And you know, you look when I think about who's out there uh, advocating on behalf of, uh, you know, what by all measures could be considered an alcohol ep- ongoing op- alcohol epidemic. Um, and I think of like Mad, and I, then I, I wonder is their effectiveness over the years they've been around. Um, a model for this this program is is, is no, there any notion of I ever mean, like trying to address big alcohol part of this equation, or is it truly what it feels like? And I and I don't begrudge it that I just think it's we're, we're missing a bigger I picture think, when it's only know, about I, heroin. Sometimes you're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean the the stats are right. 125,000 people died last year from drug and alcohol related complications. That's um, over 350 people per day, right? right? We, only, we only hear in the news about the 98, 97 or 98 people, which is the new revised number from the CDC, that are dying from uh, opioid-related deaths. Right. So there is a very disproportionate amount of conversation uh, about you know, the effect of alcohol and that it's killing people too. Um, what, I, you know, what I would link that to is um, what I think you're, maybe you're getting at. Does it feel like what it actually is? Yeah, I mean, it is. Um, alcohol is a huge lobby in the United States. Mm-hmm. It is a, a tremendous special interest. Mm-hmm. You are not going to see, uh, at least yet, public policy leaders at a very high level, um, members of Congress, you know, by the masses, mm-hmm. coming out and, and fighting the alcohol lobby. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen it from the other end, um, you know, working on campaigns and stuff in the past. There's a tremendous amount of money that flows to these sure. people um, through those organizations. Now, heroin, on, I mean, heroin on the other end, like, that's an easy one for them to take on, right? I mean, right. it's coming, it, it's a black market drug, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, even, you know, I mean, you can go back to the history of like, you know, people need to remember, and I'm always kind of pushing this message. Yeah, we're in a heroin epidemic. We're in an opioid epidemic. You know, it's killing more. It's the number one killer of millennials right now, mm-hmm. people under the age of 30. Wow. Um, but let's nuts. not forget how this all began, right? I mean, the government effed up mm-hmm. uh, when they allowed Pfizer yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to put this drug in the 90s as a safe alternative, yeah. right? As a, as a, as a low addictive um, uh, painkiller, opioid, mm-hmm. and allowed it to go on. Mm-hmm. you know, for so long before really catching it, right? So big pharma has a big part to play in sure. where we're at today. Yeah. 
Has big pharma like a company like Pfizer ever have they ever evolved their stance and now give to treatment centers or have a socially responsible thing to this? No, or they sort of just like big tobacco and like no, no not our problem. So there, good luck. Yeah, I mean, so there there's more, been fines, but no, yeah, not on their part. It feels like it's only in the past like week or so that the wait the AMA and the doctors' organizations are revising their prescribing procedures finally wow yeah Mm -hmm. which is great i mean but if you look at a pfizer right i mean some of the distributors have been fined in the hundreds of millions of dollars pfizer had one of the largest fines uh several years ago that was you know they paid it but like the media didn't really cover it the way that they should have which is like this company has blood on its hands um but pfizer on the contrary uh they're owned and and operated by a company a a family named the sacklers um And the Sackler family, you know, not only have they not come to the table and said, hey, we were wrong, um, they have since it is now harder for them to get their product uh, prescribed at the levels it was prescribed at before. They've had like a 40 percent decrease in business with Oxycontin. Wow. And I'm sure that's when heroin is marketing that that particular. Right. Yeah. Right. And they started marketing that particular drug to third world countries that are not well equipped to deal yeah. with a opioid epidemic. Oh, it's right. insane. That, that is insane. insane. How did you guys how did you guys personally find your way to these drugs? Was it through painkillers for pain me? Killers? Yeah. I was prescribed it when I was not. I, I mean, it's the same story when you hear it, uh, uh, Ryan, too, you know, injured. Yeah. Uh, injured um, and uh, prescribed painkillers and was kept on them and then went and upgraded to the next level because I was not, you know, wasn't relieving my pain to me. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, here's the next one. And here's the next one. Here's the next one. And then one day it was like, no, 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 no. You're, you're drug seeking. It's over. Mm, We're yeah. cutting you off. And, you know, you're, you're stuck at that point. Yeah. There's no, you don't know what you, and it's like, you don't know what you don't know what just happened. Yeah, like I I had no idea what happened. All before I know it, I'm 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 homeless and I'm in really bad neighborhoods. Hmm. And uh, you know, it's interesting. It's like they <clears throat> they don't the the you, how these two coincide. It's because you know, like the drug traffickers, they picked up on what was going on with yeah. pharmaceutical companies and 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 they and communities that were being highly prescribed these drugs in in rural America were targeted. Um, by heroin traffickers because of the floodgates that were opened by Big Pharma. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's, you know, I, the whole, you know, tackling the drug, you know, dealers doesn't work yeah. because, you know, the drug dealers are still here. They're just called the, you know, Fortune 500 company. Yeah, crazy. yeah they're in white coats. My story is very similar to Garrett's. I mean, and, and most everybody I kind of know. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. we didn't we didn't we didn't just start using heroin. Yeah. Day. I mean, yeah, right. you know, <laughs> I, I had been on pain medication for years, um, you know, for an injury I had that I never took care of and in pain management. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I started using my medications too fast. I was labeled a drug seeker. I walked into a doctor's office one day and they said, um, you know, they said, no more. Get out, get the hell out of our office. Wow. You know, and, and that was that. They string you along, give you all this stuff, and then one day they're like, nope. And then they're just, yeah, what do you do? No. Well, which is such bullshit. And it's not, it, I'm yeah. sorry for using yeah, language, because, like, no. I, 
the reason it happened, though, is because the government, like I talk, and this is something I talk to like policy leaders all the time. They're like, well, we've got this great prescription drug database now we're putting into effect, which is great because you need to have that. Should have had that for a long time. Mm -hmm. But the problem with the prescription drug database is it protects the prescribers. Yeah. There's no, there are no, you know, supports for people who have a problem. Yeah. That's crazy. It doesn't, the end user is not being served at all. Wow. Right. So what, when's the next road trip? What do you guys got cooking, man? What's the next, <laughs> what's the next thing? Um, we have a lot cooking. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have to stay tuned for that. Uh, okay. There is some okay. stuff coming down the pipeline, but I'm not at liberty to, to really announce any of it on this show. Uh, but I will tell you that uh, when we are, we'd be happy to come back on here and, and talk about it. We'd yeah. love to have you. Hey, so and where where do yeah, people stay? Absolutely. Where, where should people stay tuned? Addictionxamerica.com, is that right? Yeah, addictionxamerica.com you can follow ryan's uh facebook page we do all the lives on that um i'm on facebook twitter ryan you have all the handles you want to yeah addictionxamerica.com uh ryanhampton.org uh facebook is at addictionxamerica uh my twitter's at ryan for recovery garrett's at garrett Hade. we're very good about talk you know responding to everybody so if you want to get involved you want to reach out Hit us up. I'd also have to say, if you really want to like take a step towards getting involved in the movement and do what we do, uh, go to facingaddiction.org yeah. um, and really, you know, get inoculated in, into what's happening. Um, it's a great resource. Awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, so uh, okay, that's that's terrific. Yeah. Um, you guys got anything else? Do we miss anything? Well, yeah. Actually, you know what I want to know oh. is, so you do have a business. You talked about you you do some mark getting within the recovery sphere recovery niche i'm guessing or is it out okay um is that a separate organization or is that addiction x america also no that's not i mean addiction x america is our advocacy name i mean we have reform years ago uh you know that we just like do simple marketing gigs for i mean some of them are recovery related some of them aren't um but gotcha. I mean, it's how we it's how we put Pay food in our mouth, sure, which we it. have to do too. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, no, I was just curious. I mean, I don't know if we we come from advertising and marketing right. background, so anytime I hear somebody's working in marketing, it yeah, my ears perk up. Um, yeah, but, I mean, yeah. our total, our, I mean, our complete. Maybe, fault. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be. I mean, marketing maybe is like a wrong word for it. Maybe it's more like story storytelling. Gotcha. Telling. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah so i mean like you know documentaries and like film stuff gotcha. and things That's like cool. that i mean it's more of a storytelling not marketing i mean marketing is probably a really bad word yeah well you guys are <laughs> terrific storytellers those the yeah. docuseries is powerful and amazing you know so yeah thank you there's thank more you. to come from that because uh you guys definitely have the talent for it for telling the stories oh, thank you yeah and thank th- you i mean thank you guys so much for putting up with the uh yeah. the Technical Crisis. difficulties, which you know, it's par for the course <laughs> with totally. our show. This was not our fault, um, though. I just want yeah. everyone to know that. Yeah, this one wasn't no. our fault. Um, <laughs> but uh, no problem. And thanks for coming back today and and, and continuing the talk. And uh, we look forward to yeah. hearing more from you. Hopefully, when we'll run into you guys at the next announce. thing, the next conference. Oh, yeah. awesome! Hey, yeah, absolutely. So right now, you guys hey, are. I'll in... tell you what. If we go, if we go on the road again for any reason, yeah. uh, I'd like to invite both of you. 
to join us on the road and yes. do like a broadcast from fun. the road. I mean, yeah, we'd love that. That'd be we'd fun. We'd love that. Yeah, yeah right, that'd today. be great. Okay, we're right in the middle of the country, so you can't go anywhere east or west. You should come. You know, you got to go through here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Um, okay. All right. Well, cool. Thanks for for talking again, guys, and uh, hope to talk again soon. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having. Thanks, me. guys. Bye. Talk Take to you care. soon. Bye. Bye.